Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now, it's time to get to work. Adam, has Tom McMahon been fired yet? No. No, and he and he won't be because he he can't get fired. He's fireproof at this point. That's that's what I think the problem is here. And I don't want to start the show off on a negative because the, to go on the road and win two games to start the season and each team's respective home openers is hard to do. And I, I think the Broncos obviously got the start that they needed to get, but still, to go on the road and win two games is hard to do. But come on. The special teams almost cost this team again with a long touchdown return, with horrible coverage. I mean, looking at that play, at the replay of it, it's like they had no idea what was going on. Like they had never been out there before. And to me, that's coaching. So at this point, I think you could get anyone off the street to come in and be like, okay, we're going to change it up. This is what we're going to do. And it would work because it literally cannot get any worse. I think the only good thing that we can say is at least they didn't botch the onside kick. Yeah, that's true. They could have they could have really screwed things up. You know, I and you're right. We don't want to start on a negative. And so I don't I don't think we have to, but it it has to be said as well. 
when you look at this team in these first two games, they've been good on offense. They've been good on defense. They've been bad on special teams. And that's not to take away from like a Brandon McManus who kicks field goals. You almost look at that separately from the rest of special teams, right? Special teams, when we talk about that, it's punting and it's and it's kick returns. And it's 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 you know the defense of kick returns and defense of punts. I mean, you it can't keep happening, but it does. And I and I ask you this all the time. How long has Tom McMahon been the special teams coordinator in Denver? Too long. Too long. That is the answer. And it's like They've been building up all this evidence to show him when they fire him that this is why he's fired. They've got enough. I'm good with the amount of evidence that they have. They can go ahead and fire him with cause, I think. there's. I mean, you've been bad. That's our cause. You're fired. Goodbye. See you. And, you know, I know that it's somebody's livelihood. It's how they do that. You know, it's how they make their living. It's how they, they put food on the table. I get all that. This is professional sports, and it's it's cutthroat in that way. And it's, it's time for him to move on. I, and I don't know when that'll happen, but you're right. It almost cost him the game. And I think maybe a big takeaway from this is that it didn't. That the Broncos' offense and defense was so good in this game, eventually, because they started slow, but they were so good in this game that it, they weren't hurt by the mistakes that were made on special teams. And it, it really does show maturity, and it shows that they might actually be contenders. These are two games they were supposed to win, and they did that. You have to win the games you're supposed to, and so far they've been able to accomplish that goal at minimum. So I like that. And if you look at the stat lines, they've been good. This was a good game for the Broncos. Like I said, slow start. I got that feeling in my throat that like, oh, God, we're gonna we're going backwards. We're going to 2020. I mean, the, the, the Panthers came out, and, or Panthers, the Jaguars came out, and scored a touchdown in their first drive, controlled the clock, controlled, you know, 11 plays, something like that. And the Broncos answered with a field goal, but it was like, "Eh, I don't know how I feel about this. And then after that, after that first quarter, it wasn't completely smooth sailing. They got some help with some missed field goals, but the Broncos put points on the board and were able to hold off a Jaguars team that was somewhat motivated. And I think, as you said, the fact that that, long kickoff return didn't derail the team. They didn't lose confidence. I think it's huge because that's what they can go back to. I I mean, I remember when Gary Kubiak was hired, we talked about them getting, learning the habits, doing whatever it takes to just go through things, to know it. And they've gone through this now. They've gone through tough moments where they have a team drive down on the opening their opening drive of the game to score a touchdown. They give up a big kickoff return for a touchdown after getting a big lead and momentum swings. So they, they've gone through this now and they, they can experience it and go back to it again. But as you talked about, I think the big reason that that opening drive and then the Broncos settling for a field goal on their opening drive, the big reason the offense is as effective and methodical as it is is because of Teddy Bridgewater. The fact that he has come in and just looked like Steady Teddy and played as well as he has shows you that they not only made the right decision, but this could be a playoff team. Like, this is a team now, when you look at the games ahead, especially now with the Ravens and the Steelers and the Ravens being at home for week four and the Steelers basically getting flogged at home by the Raiders – yeah, that was rough, I, I right? Mean, there's a there's a possibility here that the Broncos can 
build this momentum after they host the Jets next week in their home opener and start to surprise some people. I, I think both of us included, but I, I just the fact that they have gone on the road and won the way that they have. It's not exciting. It's not flashy. It's not like uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers or Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. It's not anything like that, but it's still effective. Yeah, absolutely. And and you, and you you say it correctly when you talk about steady Teddy two gloves bridge over troubled waters there. I went a little boomer on that. Got a nice little 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 nickname run going. It is obvious that his veteran presence and his knowledge of the game and his ability to go through his reads that seems to be what was missing from the offense in 2020. They didn't have that. They didn't have that. 2019. And, and 2019. 2018. Yeah. 2017. Yeah. 2016. You know, I saw an interesting stat, and I don't want to get too far off off track here, but but when the Broncos had Case Keenum under center, they were 6-6 six and six at one point. And if you, if you think about what that Broncos team was, there was some talent on that team, but there were still struggles with the offensive line, and there were some issues on defense, and, and the offense just wasn't 100%. Because some of the players, like a Demarius Thomas, for example, were aging out, right? That was kind of what was happening there. Teddy Bridgewater is like a step and a half up from Case Keenum, and he's got far more in the way of weapons right now, and the defense is much better. And to me, that's kind of – and if I'm not mistaken, wasn't Pat Shermer the offensive coordinator of that uh, Case Keenum-led Minnesota Vikings team that had – that went to the playoffs and, and all that sort of craziness. Am I, am I mistaken on that? I might be just, feels... and that was Teddy Bridgewater was the court, the original quarterback and, and had that horrific leg. Injury. Exactly. So it feel it feels like as I'm kind of watching these first two games and this, this game is a sort of a microcosm of that. Teddy Bridgewater, for whatever reason, seems to fit with what Pat Shermer wants to do. I'm not sure if enough of us gave that the attention that it deserved when they did go out and get Teddy Bridgewater, I, for one, was not excited. The Teddy Bridgewater move, I was a meh on that. And now I, I can't understand why I was a meh on that because I clearly didn't look deep enough into it uh, as well. So you look at what's going on here with, with this team, and you and you said it, they were slow start, but then they continued to sort of plug away. To me, that's exactly what you need. You need a veteran quarterback who's not going to panic. You need a veteran quarterback who's going to get under center and run the offense and make good reads and not think that every play has to be a, a you know a huge win. Even though they did take several downfield shots, I don't think there was any shying away from the long ball in this game. So Teddy Bridgewater is that presence that you just haven't seen in Denver in a few years, and he fits well with what Pat Shermer wants to do. And then on top of that, the run game was solid. You still have. You've got all these weapons. The defense did what it needed to do. This was a complete win aside from, you know, a couple of moments on special teams that put a sour taste in your mouth, but maybe it shouldn't. We, let's let's go positive from here on out. They looked like a playoff contender. They looked like a team that people will be nervous about, especially having to go into Denver, which the Broncos haven't even had a chance to do yet, knowing that they still haven't played at home. This team looks like a team that can really do some damage in the NFL. What I really like about the offense is it, it takes advantage of the opportunities. There's a couple of moments where it got predictable. Like it, it seemed like Pat Shermer was calling runs on first down, especially in the first half, a little bit too much. It got predictable. 
But I feel like he got into his groove, and so did Teddy Bridgewater. And I think a big part of that is the way Teddy Bridgewater plays and how calm and steady he is and confident he is. And I, I, I don't want to get in too much into the refereeing tonight. I thought in the first or today in the first half, I thought it was not good at all. It was bad to, to call that pass interference on Pat Sertan and then not call it on Cortland Sutton when he's getting his jersey tugged three times. But again, that's stuff that you have to overcome in the NFL and especially on the road. And to do it speaks volumes to what this team is capable of. And on defense, they got turnovers. The Pat Sertan pick, the Kareem Jackson pick, they didn't get as much pressure as I would have liked on Trevor Lawrence, but I think a part of that is how effective he is in the pocket and being able to read and to step up like he has. I, I mean, the can sky we, is the limit. Yeah, let's, let's, can we just say how good he he actually, in, in a loss, with he looked good. He looked like in two years he's going to be – He's going to be competing for MVPs. He looked like a guy who who could next year uh, be leading a Jaguars team that that wins eight to twelve games. You know, somewhere in that range. I, I don't want to be with a new head coach. Probably but, with a know. new head coach next week. But uh, <laughs> seriously, looked good. I just wanted to make sure we said that he looked good, and they they beat him. And there's two players that I want to call out here, and we did it last week with Von Miller. The fact that Von Miller is back on the field and looks like Von Miller, he, he got the lone sack for the Broncos defense, is awesome. Cortland Sutton, I mean, have a day, Cortland Sutton. I mean, I think his final stat line was, what, seven catches? Uh, he had nine, nine catches, catches for, 100 for 159 yards. yards. Yeah, and I'm in trouble about that because uh, my son's fantasy football team, uh, Cortland Sutton, sitting on his bench. Uh, so I got, I got yelled at for that. I'm not, not sure, It's not my team. I'm not sure why I got yelled at, but it was a mistake. I, and I think the things that you're going to hear throughout the the next few days before they start preparing for the Jets, it's going to be little housekeeping things. I, I think they had too many penalties. I think you're going to hear Vic Fangio talk about that. We touched on the special teams. I'd like them to get more pressure on the quarterback, but I, I think they did enough. They, they limited the Jaguars, uh, the big plays in the passing game. They limited the running, uh, the rushing attack for the Jaguars. The offense was methodical, as you mentioned, with the rushing game. I, I think they controlled time of possession again by a large margin, and they hit they hit deep plays. I mean that that deep pass that that Bridgewater hit to Cortland Sutton was big, and then you throw in Tim Patrick getting another touchdown, Noah Fant getting his first touchdown, and I, obviously I think the big win is broadcasters finally discovering how to pronounce Albert Akwegbunam. <laughs> <laughs> they don't just have to say Albert O all the time. Yeah, he. You're right. It was uh, that's nice. It sounds good. It sounds good when they get it right. The, and I'll, I'm going to throw out this stat. So I mentioned this on the podcast to preview the Jaguars game. Teddy Bridgewater came into this game against the Jaguars, 22 and three against the spread in 25 career road starts. Coming into this game, the spread was six and a half. So he did it again on the road he's now 23 and three against the spread on the road that is pretty incredible that is pretty incredible it's it's pretty incredible because it's just one of those statistical anomalies that you know it's not like you talked about it's not really a trend it's more of just like it's sort of a weird stat and you, you shouldn't bet on it but people will and, and that's fine you want to follow that trend i say go for it i mean who am i to judge i don't 
I don't uh, do very well when I bet anyway, so I'm not going to tell not people what to same do. Same here. And, and I'll say, <laughs> put it in your toolbox of things to think about if you bet the Broncos on the road, for example. That Don't use that as the main reason. I mean, if you want to, go for it, but I'm not telling you to, and I'm just going to say use it as another tool in your toolbox if you bet the Broncos and Teddy Bridgewater on the road against the spread. But, I mean – we're sitting here with the Broncos 2-0. and We said the Broncos had to start start the season strong. 3-0 and would be ideal. They now have the ability to do that. And I, it is such a nice feeling to talk about winning football again with the it Broncos. Feel, is it, it's, like, it's like I'm not sure. I tweeted out earlier this week, is this what hope feels like? And I, I, a lot of people must have understood that sentiment. I got so many likes on that sort of throwaway, innocuous tweet about K.J. Hamler you know, saying that Teddy Bridgewater wanted to move his locker next to him. I was like, is this what hope feels like? And everyone's like, it is. It is what hope feels like. We haven't had that so long in Broncos country. And now here we are sitting at 2-0. and I have a feeling there's several people sitting at home, not quite sure if they're supposed to celebrate right now, but celebrating nonetheless because you celebrate victories, especially victories like this where it did start slow and it looked – a little shaky and it got a little nervy at times. And even still it was a 10 point win and they could, they could have punched it in at the end to really put an exclamation point on it. And they chose not to, which I'm sure there are several people out there who are disappointed. Maybe the over unders out there. I don't know. Definitely fantasy football uh, people who are hoping for that, that Javante Williams touchdown. Uh, You didn't get it, but you know what you got? You got a Denver Broncos victory in week two. That's two and zero in September. I I don't know what to do with that. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.